day to you all, and welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined, as always, by my dad, Jack Brinker. We talk tech so you don't have to. <laughs> good morning, so, Todd. Good morning. Yeah, these days, the, te- the the tech talking is a little slim, right, as we head into the end of the year. Um, I think everybody who's going to announce anything has announced it. They're trying their best to put it out there for sale to take advantage yeah. of holiday buys, and so... There's not a whole lot of new stuff going on, but uh, anyway, Todd Todd found something to talk about uh, <laughs> on a, browsing on your watch. Isn't that the first thing you would do if you thought about browsing? It says, "Where's my watch?" Exactly, because you know, <laughs> postage stamp sized browsers are all the rage. Uh, there's an app uh, uh, that's out there. You can download it. It's ninety nine uh, ninety nine cents on the um, uh, iOS App Store. Uh, and it's for the watch. It's called uh, Moo Browser, and it's the Greek letter uh, with the word browser behind it. So it kind of looks like a backwards Y for those of you who aren't familiar with what that looks like. Um, and it essentially lets you enter web addresses and 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 search uh, DuckDuckGo from your watch. So there's a way to input where you want to go because you know if you get notifications on your watch for um, from uh, different web uh, apps. Or different um, things. It'll pop up on your watch, and you can tap it, and then you can see it and read it. This just gives you an opportunity to initiate that search from the watch, so that you can go look at stuff. But you know, you thought that that sometimes looking at a um, uh, a web page on your phone looked funny or different than on on a larger screen like an iPad or a computer. Imagine what it's going to look like on your watch. It's going to be basically a very tiny one column view of whatever that web page is. Kind of reader view. Have you ever used yeah. reader view? No, I haven't. So in the uh, Safari browser, most browsers have this. In the in the address bar, at the far left hand side of the address bar is a little thing that looks like a piece of paper with some lines on it. If you click on that, it puts it in reader view, and reader view basically takes everything and makes it just a vertical scrollable thing. And in a lot of instances, it blocks out the external columns that have ads and stuff on it. So it gives you a much more, um, uh, you know, stuff focused you on, for, right? yeah, focused <laughs> on the information view of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, if you've not used it, it can actually cut out a bunch of annoying clutter and ads and stuff that are popping up around what you're doing. It doesn't really help you if somebody's got like ads that keep popping up in the line, in line with the text, you know? Yeah. But, uh, well, well, the- well, the first thing is is that uh, anybody who generally runs their watch through their phone or via the phone connection because they don't have a direct phone line from your watch, if you're not paying that extra 10 or $15 a month, whatever your mm-hmm. phone company demands, uh, then uh, you just use your phone, right? So it's just really for people who are watch or phoneless, right? Your watch well, but you can get... Thing you got. You could buy the watch that doesn't even have the cellular stuff. As long as you're sitting where you have Wi-Fi, it should be able to work. But I don't. I mean, I think they just recently set it up so that you can actually buy an Apple Watch without the phone. Uh, up till up till recently, and I may be even wrong about that. I mean, you you have to have the phone to sort of initialize. You like when you set up your watch, you tie it to a phone. It doesn't does not function. Uh, it historically, has not functioned by itself. Without a, uh, a watch or a phone, rather, it was a a a uh, peripheral, an accessory for a phone. But right. I think they have they've cut that out now. 
I think that you can, you know, because they now have the app store for the watch on the watch itself, so you don't have to go to the watch app on the on the um, phone. So I think the, the phone, you, you could just buy a watch and not have an iPhone if you wanted to at this point. Uh, uh, although I imagine you, that would you, be a are, substandard are you, experience. Are you saying Wi-Fi from my watch does not go via the phone? It goes directly onto the local Wi-Fi it's set up to use? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It only that. it only uses the phone if it can't uh, attach somewhere else, and so then it'll go through the phone. So, like, if you're outside the house, it'll attach to the phone and go out via the phone if it's uh, set up that way. And that's the default. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hadn't. I I found that I I carry my phone with me ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, and so I've never really found any use to uh, justify paying for that extra link. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you one time that it would have come in handy for me. I was uh, I had taken a whole a bunch of yard waste to the dump, and then I got out of my truck to unload the the stuff in the back of the truck, the the yard waste. Went to get back in the car, and the door had locked behind me, and I didn't realize it. And so, and the engine was still running. So I'm standing at the dump with my engine running, locked out of my car. And uh, uh, um, the ability to use your watch to initiate a phone call would have been very handy. Um, but I didn't have it with me at that time. This was pre-Apple Watch. So I actually went to the guy next to me uh, who was unloading and said, hey, can I borrow your phone? I <laughs> explained what happened. And then I called my wife who got a call from a number she didn't know, so she didn't answer it. So I called, it, I called her like three times from that number, leaving messages going, it's me. I'm here. I'm stuck. Please. <laughs> but, you know, she gets a call from a strange number. She's like, well, I'm not going to pick that up. I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I eventually got through and she rescued me and brought me the spare key. But, yeah, uh, it was an experience for me. And she got to experience the dump for the first time. Oh, wow. She enjoyed the smells? <laughs> I think she just had an ex exciting and thrilling experience. It expanded her horizons and her her, her life view, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, that, that's I'm usually sure. the worst worst thing about a dump is the smell. Yeah. It's not always bad. It's just occasionally. Yeah, I've got to say they actually do a pretty good job at our dump in that they, they move the soil around and layer it, and so there's not a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, stuff gets buried fairly quickly. So, you know, you, you ne you're never, like, seeing stuff. You literally don't see anything other than what's been dumped, like, that day. And yeah. then, th then they move dirt earth over it. And, uh, and Protect they, you. Exactly. So, so they, they do a good job of dust control and smell control. They keep it down pretty good. Yeah. So, in fact, it was interesting. I saw that um, there, a sign as I was going into the dump um, – Actually, recently, because I was taking some tree and shrubs and clippings and stuff more than I could fit in trash cans. And uh, they have a sign up saying that our dump is actually a uh, wildlife nature preserve. So uh, the desert animals and birds and stuff <laughs> yeah. are, are, are already populating the habitat there. So, yeah. Not so, necessarily anyway. a natural environment, but uh, anyhow, back to the browser on the watch. Um, I, okay, I guess in a pinch, if you had to have it, that's it'd be nice that it's the, it's nice that it's there. But um, I can't imagine you would rely on it for much. You know, the thing is, is if you would have to have it 
before you needed it, right? So I guess, you know, for 99 cents, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, well, it, it, it may enable other apps that you'll use as the audio feature, you know, more, and stuff like that could come in handy. I, mm-hmm. I see the watch as a good uh, a partner with Siri, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, but because... Of, yeah, most of, of that happens of on, on device now, too, the Siri stuff. So, right. it's, I mean, that's been one of Apple's things from the get-go is that, that it happens on device. It's not being sent back to a server. Um, uh, and and let's, let's face it, it, it uh, certainly doesn't require any display when you're doing it that way. So you can do right. it with really small devices. Right. Well, one of the things that's up next is that we're talking about iOS 15.2. And one of the features in 15.2, or that's supposed to be activated with 15.2, is the um, uh, the new new series subscription for those who want the less expensive series subscription. That is uh, not series subscription, Apple Music subscription. That is Siri only. There is no interface for it, and the watch is ideal for that, right? So if you have a, yeah. a, a Siri only yeah. subscription, you can um, uh, you know run it via via series so just you just say play you know today's hits play the chill music list play uh you know the uh well hip-hop yeah. hip-hop list or whatever you know almost any genre of music they've got they've got pre-done lists i find it hard to believe though that if with voice only that people are going to do a lot of like custom lists but i could be wrong we'll see how it's implemented yeah well it, if if you get used to it and uh, and start using it for certain special functions, I, I could see where it could uh, could do in a pinch, you know? There, yeah. there's, there's, there's no reason in the future where people will necessarily want a, a phone anymore right. uh, if you've got a watch, right. you know? Well, I have and gone I, on walks without my phone because I, yeah. I've put, you know, I can download the podcast that I want to listen to or the music that I want to listen to to my watch and put my ear pods in and you know, go on my merry way. Yeah. Now, now the real benefit is if you're in stores that have Wi-Fi's that are automatically connected to, so you didn't have to have the phone connection because if, but you know, if I didn't have my phone, then I would want to make my watch my phone, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I have uh, been for a while now when I buy a watch and I haven't bought one since the series five, so I don't have a six or a seven, but when I bought the, the, the last two watches that I bought, maybe three watches that I bought, um, uh, I don't think the very first one I did, I'm not sure it was even available, but since then I've got the ones that have the cellular on them. So in a pinch, if I forget my phone or don't have my phone or don't want to bring my phone, I can use my watch as a phone, even when I'm out in the way. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's, um, uh, but I have a uh, like a uh, my account through T-Mobile um, uh, gives me a deal on that, so I don't even pay the full ten dollars a month for it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. What kind of deal is that? I don't know. It was one that when they first came out, they made a deal, and I've been grandfathered in, and I have not taken any of their you know opportunities to upgrade to the newest pro, pro uh, uh, program because. Every time I've actually done the math, the newest program 
cost me money. And so, surprise, surprise, <laughs> you know, they always talk about all the great savings. But each time I've looked at it, it's like, well, yeah, but then I give up this and this and this, and they don't want to talk about that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, well, after, I'm better after, off just after, staying. You know, after paying for my watch connection for probably three years, when I, I never, upgraded, I and, I and never using it. <laughs> that's right. I, I finally says that that was worthless. I've been just throwing money out the window each month because it's got no no use at all last month. Yeah. So I yeah, and I don't use it often. But like I said, I've kind of taken to like when I go for a walk or something. It's like not having anything in my pockets. I just bring the watch. I don't bring the the phone with me. And you know, once you've kind of, I mean, when you first do it, it's not super obvious how how you want it to work. Sometimes, depending on the app you're dealing with, but um, I, uh, you know, put I've got several playlists of music on my watch, and uh, I've got um, uh, a podcast app that I use, and so those are the two I, things that I would want to listen to, and my earpods pair with my my watch just fine. And so when you're yeah. out walking, you know, that works. Yep. If I watched, walked into the Apple store and I, I looked at a watch and says, I would like those, but I don't have your phone, mm-hmm. what would they say? Well, Buy that's what phone, I was right? saying. And, uh, and Well, no, that's what I was saying is I think I, I could be mistaken. Maybe it hasn't been implemented yet, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that the, the watch is now independent of the phone, that you can buy a watch, activate the watch, and use the watch without owning a phone, which is not something that was the case. You know, yeah, because, you know, I, I'm an iPad user. And so I've never viewed the watch as anything but a compromise, that, that big old screen. And so I didn't want this big old watch or I'm sorry. Yeah, big old phone rather. But but I do want to wear the wear the watch. I'm happy with the watch. That's that's fine. I don't have to stick that in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. But but the watch is really kind of a, a kludge anymore. I mean, initially, it was the reason for having the device. But I'm begin—it's beginning to sound like maybe that's not the not not really the phone anymore. They call it the phone, but the phone might be the watch. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I think ultimately that's what Apple would like to do. They'd like to say move everything to your watch and uh, and you know just work work interact with it with a, a minimal screen and primarily with your voice. Um, yeah, I my internet. I mean, it does. It seems to be fine when we're talking, but my browser is just horrible. I can't get a page to load. Really? Yeah, I just I and it's been that way since we started. I I have to hit it multiple times, hit refresh, stop it, download it, and try again. I'm just having an awful time. I'm going to try a different browser real quick are, and just are, see. If are you on maybe, a Mac? Maybe it's just Siri. Yeah, yeah, I'm on my Mac. But it's an old Intel Mac, so there you go. Oh, you better you better just go to iPad and forget it. Get computer stuff is that's old, <laughs> old <junk>. school. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just something wrong with my Siri browser. I probably just need to restart it because I, I switched over to a Firefox browser, or, or and I'm yeah, well, I'm using Firefox, and the page loaded immediately. So. Um, I would say we're talking across the internet right now, so obviously it's not an internet issue for me. Um, yeah. So. Well, anyway, it's interesting to contemplate, you know, what the future might bring, but I believe that uh, that what we've outlined here is a pretty good marker uh, of why uh, 
the, the real phone functionality uh, it probably belongs more with the watch maybe than the phone. The only downside is, is that it's not, it, it's a speaker phone. And so there's very little privacy. You, you know, you have to let everybody hear what you're saying. And, right. Well, and unless hearing. you have your AirPods in as well. Air, that's right. AirPods or hearing aids. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of wireless connection or, well, yeah, because there is no, there's no plug of any kind on the watch. So. Right. But uh, anyway, I don't, I don't know if it'll happen soon or whether the rest of the world would would uh, think that way. Uh, or, but uh, I, I'm sure there's lots of watches out there now and whether people start using them as, as a phone, they, they might not find that acceptable. You know, I, I, I always have hearing aids on, so I'm always connected to something, but for people who aren't, uh, you know, ear pods don't necessarily stay in well, certainly not as secure as, as hearing aids because uh -huh. they're not custom fit and all that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. you, you hear that there's a uh, big news in that, like this month there's, they're supposed to finalize the rules allowing people to buy hearing aids without going to an audiologist. And so um, what they're they're saying is is that high end people with significant hearing loss will probably still want to see an audiologist, but that you're going to be able to buy um, uh, hearing aids over the counter at at drugstores and stuff, and that the, and the, they will be true hearing aids, not just you know the the cheap amplifying type things that they sell now. And they'll be smart. They'll they'll work with apps on um, phones and stuff to automatically uh, adjust the um, different frequencies for you so you'll be able to set them and customize them yourself as opposed to having to go back to your audiologist that's great except that mm -hmm. i uh, i would hope that apple would get into that business they, they could use the front end people though to yeah. to make the custom the custom uh, hearing aid fit right it you know that's the main thing yeah yeah they the uh you know the 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 fit uh, in the the in-ear fit is going to be the the biggest thing because they're they are more much more precise than um, uh, the you know the typical uh, AirPods right. that are out there. They do have those um, like uh, studio monitors that musicians wear, and those are usually custom fit to their ears as well. Um, but a lot of them end up going to uh, to an audiologist to get the the thing fit. I know. Uh, I've got a family member who's a retired air traffic controller, and they sit with, like, headphones on all day, and that was uncomfortable. A lot of them ended up going and getting molded earbuds that fit right into their ears, and they were, you know, that way they could be comfortable. Um, sure. And they had you had to go to an audiologist to get those fit. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I could see uh, that, that that's the uh, – it's not a big deal, just a physical kind of thing. Stick, yeah. stick some clay in your ear and let it uh, yeah. set for a few minutes and hand it to somebody and they can make make your custom headset, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm... Uh, you know, find... it's, it's, it's surprising that somebody hasn't come up with a home home kit to do that. You know, just send this thing to you and say, stiff, stuff this in your ear. <laughs> there is, and that's what I was trying to find for you because I actually have a pair of headphones and a pair of earplugs 
that are designed to, uh, you know, the earplugs basically are just for like loud environments or if you're out, you know, shooting guns or something like that to protect you. And they sell a kit that you uh, take these little things and uh, and basically drop them into boiling water for like 30 seconds and then take them out, let them sit for like 10 seconds, and then you squish them down into your ears. And they're warm, but they're not too hot, and they mold perfectly to your ears. And then you have this custom-fit headphones or custom-fit uh, earplugs. Yeah, you know, if, if, that, if that takes off, uh, that might be... Uh the answer to a lot of these general purpose things, you know, I mean, Apple sold about as many ear pods as they have now. So they, if they came out and they advertised custom ear pods and, uh, they could sell them all over again. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was trying to see if I have again, having browser issues, but I'm trying to see if I can find the name of it. Um, audio ears or something like that was the name of it. But uh, yeah, the uh, the idea of a a uh, you know a custom fit uh, set of earphones is appealing for anybody who has to have things in their ears often or uh, for extended periods of time because it's much more comfortable than even over the ear headphones. Yeah. You know, that's uh, as evidenced by professional. Decibels is what they're called. D-E-C-I-B-U-L-L-Z. And, uh, oh. and they are uh, custom fit decibels. Oh, so okay. They, uh, yeah, they have uh, custom earplugs. They have... Uh, filters they're also designed for radio earpieces apparently they don't sell the uh the um custom it's, head it's, headset that they used to decimals so it, they're, they're selling you a, a bluetooth or something like that uh, headsets is that what they're selling instead of the just the uh, physical <clears throat> case or something no what they're in fact they they weren't even making uh they 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 have several products Basically, what they're making are these little moldable things that go into your ear, and they have uh, a couple different types of earplugs depending on the type of sound that you're trying to deal with. Like, they've got one that they call high-fidelity earplugs, and these are designed for musicians to mute the sound but allow you to hear the whole full range of sound because, you, you know, you, you don't want to lower the volume into your ear and damage to your ear, but you still want to hear everything. They've got some that are percussive filters, so they're specific for people who are, uh, you know, out shooting guns because that loud percussive sound can cause damage to your ears. So it blocks that specific uh. range of sound. Um, and then they've just got some some general custom molded earplugs that drop the volume of everything. And those, but all of them come with this um, this material that you can then custom mold to your ear so it fits. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and it fits comfortably and completely into your ear, your own ear. So it's it's unique to you. Um, and they used to sell uh, a set of custom headphones. Now they do some uh, a blue, but they were like the the type of headphones that were each little earbud was connected by a wire that draped around the back of your neck. And they don't sell yeah. those anymore because nobody wants those. So now they sell one that is uh, it's a um, what do they call it the 
the uh, true wireless. So there's two pieces, two little buds that fit in each ear, but they, they look a little bulkier. They also sell a custom yeah. moldable cover that snaps onto your uh, AirPods. So the original AirPods, not the version uh, Model 3s or the Pros, but they snap onto your AirPods, and then they have a little moldy piece that then causes them to fit into your ear, so you can mold it into your ear. So oh. if you're one of those people who has AirPod problems because they fall out of your ears, you can make them fit your ears much better. Of course, then you have to pop them out of those little uh, ear connector things to put them in the charging case because they won't fit in there with that thing on there. Right. So. Yeah, well, we're making progress, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, but the, the the concept and the 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 appropriate whatever you know type of of plastic it is that they do the molding and stuff is there. I would think that these guys should partner with, or maybe they're already working and ready to launch when it becomes um, something they can legally sell uh, the hearing aids because they've got a method for you know doing a custom molded hearing aid at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, not ready yeah. to go out and buy one myself. I, you know, uh, a lot of things like this that have been prescription, uh, mm -hmm. also lenses for your glasses. I've noticed mm -hmm. that there are people, if you just send them this prescription, they'll send you some smart glasses now too. you know, make you a prescription, uh, version Right. Uh, for yeah. some other purpose, you know. Yeah. Well, and and, you know, there's there's companies that have been doing that for a while and they're, you know, trying to undercut the the, you know, I don't want to say racket, but they sort of high <laughs> uh, high profit margin deal of being forced to go to specialty places to get prescription glasses. And so they're, you right. know, um but yeah. uh, and, and there are some now that, you know, some were like, oh, it's ninety nine dollars for your frames and whatever, depending on the type of lens. But uh, yeah. I've seen some now where it's like 30 bucks for the frames and 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 60 dollars total with the lens and the frame. So, I mean, you know, um, I, I would like for some kind of a quality control mechanism, maybe by the government where there's a contract to a testing organization mm -hmm. to, to keep to manage these things. But I don't like the licensing thing because that's fraught with all kinds of political and criminal uh, uh, behaviors because, yeah. you know, it's like the taxi cab people who used to tie up cabs until somebody found a way around that mm -hmm. uh, and got, got the world upset with them, but they couldn't do anything about it. But government licensing is a bad idea for anything. Yeah. Yeah, the the really idea. Is. Well, I mean, you know, the idea being that you know you get a license through the um, uh, FDA that they've uh, you know validated that you're creating a medical device, and there are standards to that, right? That you have to meet standards. Yeah, um, but no, nobody. They're unenforceable standards. <clears throat> all they do is give somebody a license so that that business now can go uh, have a lawsuit if they think they're being. Uh, uh, a comp getting competition from an unlicensed outfit, right? Right. Well, and it, you know, in, in other other arenas, the FDA, you know, we have moved much more slowly than a lot of countries in Europe on certain <laughs> things because the FDA goes, well, yeah, we've got all kinds of obvious evidence, but we haven't done a study, 
and so and so they you know hold everything up for the study uh whereas the europeans go well we you know we'll do the study and we'll do it after we've released it but there's all kinds of evidence just in the initial testing saying this is a smart thing to do you know mm-hmm. that uh that uh covid uh treatment pill that pfizer has has come out with they literally stopped the test because they said it was unethical to continue giving people placebos because this thing is so successful that if somebody gets yeah. sick, we can't in good conscience give them a placebo because this clearly works. And yet it's yeah. still not approved by the FDA because the FDA hasn't finished analyzing the information and going through the, yeah. the you know, the, 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 their validation process. And I get it. They don't want, you know, some horrible thing to come on the market and cause people to have, you know, some terrible side effects yeah. because that's happened in this country too. But, well, you know, you've, when when you're you know, when you're dealing with a pandemic, sometimes you gotta you know maybe think about things a little bit more commonsensically. Yeah, the other thing is is that as people get close to death, man, they're willing to take a lot more risk than if you're not, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, they're sitting there demanding, please give this damn thing to me. I'm in pain or whatever. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, if you if you're sitting in an ICU with COVID right now, knowing that there's this drug that that has been, you know, what was it, eighty percent effective, and and they can't give it to you because the FDA is not sure yet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it seems like that's lawsuits waiting to happen. Yeah, you know, so it's it's an, in effect uh, an unconscionable government delay. It's just not the way you do things if you're a nice person, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, again, it's 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 these are not normal normal circumstances. We're still dealing with a, you know a, right. a global pandemic. Yeah. That means you have to deal with things a little differently than you might otherwise. Right. So. So. Anyway. But yeah. So anyway, the decibels. Uh, if you ever wanted uh, custom molded uh, ear fittings they seem to do a, a variety of different versions of that and do it pretty well i shared with you um an article from pocketlint.com and it says can the apple watch work without an iphone um and the answer is yes but then there's obviously some some uh going to be some limitations and certainly you would uh i think want an iphone that then had cellular connections because otherwise as soon as you leave your home or office and get outside of a uh, Wi-Fi connectivity, then you lose all all connectivity. It's standalone. Um, that said, I, I know I know people who were like, I, I'm okay walking around without a phone in my pocket, and if I download my music or my podcast on or my audio book onto my watch, then it's already there. I don't need a connection, and I'm fine. You know, right. <laughs> It seems like we've gotten to a point in our society where we think it's sort of somehow unsafe to go out and take a walk without having a phone with you, you know? Yeah. And for the majority of my life, that's how you took walks. In fact, sometimes you took a walk to get away from the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and as I get older, I, mm-hmm. I think it's more, more important than ever because even going down to the post office box, if I did, hadn't told anybody – you know, I was going down there and I right. fell down and couldn't get up. Yeah. You know, feel, yeah. feeling trapped outside, you know, you might attract some neighbor, but you, ch- chances are if it's yeah. too cold, you might freeze to death first. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's, it's situational, situational needs, right? 
But it is right. weird that we are like we've socially gotten this paranoia where it's like, yeah, you, you don't go out without your phone. I mean, you know, I mean, I've actually pulled out of my driveway, realized they didn't have my phone and pulled back in to go get it. And and then laughed at myself going like, oh, my gosh, I can't, you know, run to the grocery store without my phone. Um, yeah. Although half well, the time my, my grocery list is on my phone. So that's part of the problem. I can't remember what to buy. <laughs> well, well at, at my, I always go pick up my groceries, but. There's yeah. a special area lot. As soon as you pull in, it says, dial this number when you arrive. Yeah, let them know you're here, right? So you have to have it. Have to yeah. have it. We've been yeah. incredibly uh, uh, dependent so, on it. So, you know, what it really comes down to is that maybe we need the car to have one built in. You know, maybe that's yeah. a Well, and a lot, of, a lot of cars do. Mandatory accessory, you yeah. know. Yeah, a lot of cars do. And, in fact, there's even cars now that have uh, – uh, data connections and they have like a Wi-Fi within the vehicle so that you can have up to five devices attached to the Wi-Fi in the vehicle and right. uh, and that you know so if you've got kids in the back and they're browsing the internet while you're driving down the freeway that just just curious connected. just you know. curious was that initiated by Tesla no I've seen it in in GM and and Ford cars for uh predating tesla so it's it's uh, been an option on cars for a while um how popular and how much that option is i think a lot of people are like yay we'll use that while it's free for the first six months of the vehicle but once that expires now you have to pay for a a uh, another cellular service and they're like eh. uh, yeah. you know especially <laughs> if you've already got your phone it's like well why would i want to pay for a cellular service for my car that i use once every blue moon well, doesn't um, GM own that satellite link that, that comes down into their vehicles? I, yeah, they're, they either they, they own it or they maybe they've spun it off. But was it like Starlink or something like that? And that was basically for emergency services, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it did give you a, a satellite link and a, um, uh, no, you, a, but, you, a button you, you could hit if you're in an accident, right? And it, you, you, when, you, when you said Starlink, you I think you used Elon's. Oh, you're right. That's that's his his <laughs> his cellular or or satellite biz. Um, yeah. That you've been sending me stuff about because there's uh, been uh, lots of internet rumors about him doing a phone that's going to skip the cellular networks and just attach straight to his his satellite network, right? So you'll have that's, that's connectivity right. everywhere because the connectivity goes straight up. Um, yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about that for a little bit because yeah. You know, he he's got a, a concept. Uh, in fact, he's got 700 satellites up there already. Right. And they're low, low Earth orbit satellites. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, he's got so many that it's got the Chinese really excited. Uh, they're talking about putting millions of them up there because they want to dominate that space. Yeah. But he's putting them up as fast as he can. And, uh, you know, pretty soon you won't even be able to get out of the atmosphere without running into somebody's satellite it seems but yeah yeah there's concerns <laughs> yeah. about that because you'll have to fly through the debris to get out of the, you know out of the atmosphere um yeah. and into orbit and these are low earth satellites which cuts down a lot of the um uh, latency latency in the thing so there's not a lot of pause yeah i actually had gotten an offer i was interested in it so i signed up for like more information about starlink and they said, okay, it's available if you want it. it but it was, there was basically a $500 upfront fee, and it was $99 a month. Uh, and the $500 upfront up fee was to pay for the satellite dish and the electronics. Um, ah. and, then you, you know, and then it was $99 a month. 
And uh, tell you what, where I live, I have a single source for Internet connectivity. AT&T is the only place I can go. There's nothing else in the area that provides any physical connectivity unless I want to pay for cellular for my house. And I'm not keen on that. Right now, the Starlink plan doesn't have a data limit. It's sort of like, you know, cable or, or home Internet. And, you know, when I'm streaming television shows and stuff, I don't want to suddenly find out, oops, I can't watch this anymore because I've hit my limit for the month, you know. And so the next three days we can't watch any television or we can't stream anything, uh, can't browse the Internet because can't can't use any more data uh, or they start charging you, you know, overage uh, fees. And so, um, you know, the fact that at least the the Starlink plan doesn't have that, I thought was uh, um, intriguing. Because there's been satellite internet for quite a while through, um, yeah. uh, you know, the the right. company that was associated, HughesNet, right? They were associated with the DirecTV people, and they used those satellites. Right. But uh, they've always sort of had kind of a, a, a partial solution, I thought. And uh, and initially they they said you had you still had to have a, a a wireless or a cellular connection down on the ground. Uh, now I think it's fully s- satellite, but their satellites are substantially higher, so there's, um, you know, some some lag in in their. Well, well, that didn't use. matter when you're watching one-way communications. You know, if right. it was TV, it was there for TV reasons, and it right. didn't really make any difference if it got there a minute late. You know, I mean, so yeah. you're off a minute from. But yeah, most people don't realize that if you're watching uh, Direct TV or any of the satellite services, uh, you're usually watching behind anyway. I know I've watched some sports games, and had somebody text me and say, wow, did you see that? And I went, not yet. <laughs> oh, yep, there it is. That was great. You know? Yeah. Heads up. <laughs> yeah. 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 There, were, there were some good football games last night that were getting a lot of press this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my uh, team, like, and I can like, say my team because I do own the, stock, uh, had a great third quarter and came back and, and beat up on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, everybody's excited about the Chargers quarterback, the new guy that they, I think it was sixth round pick. Uh, yeah, and, not sixth round. I think he was sixth overall. He was the first round pick, but heck of oh. a throw. It was like 60, 62 yards in the air, something like that. Well, it's all over the map, depending on somebody's estimate. But Yeah. Uh, well, if you look at where he was when he released it and where the guy was when he caught it, it looked like to me about 62 yards. But the NFL says it's yardage from the, the line of scrimmage to where he caught it. And that takes, you know, he was behind the line of scrimmage when he threw the ball. So they cut it down to, I think, 59 was the official. But uh, anyway, his, his stock went up last night for sure. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So. But uh, anyway, mom and I were out at a restaurant, so I was kind of in heaven. I was in one of those that had uh, four or five televisions right in front of me. And so I could pick the game I wanted to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I usually during the during the day, uh, if there's a specific game I want to watch, I'll flip back and forth between that game and then the Red Zone channel, which takes your screen and splits it up into multiple pieces, depending on anybody who's within 20 yards of the goal line. So anybody who's ready to score, you get to watch, and they bounce back and forth between those games. And if there's a couple ready to score at once, then they just split the screen and put those all up. And so um, I tend to by, watch that. By, by the way, uh, I've got – on my uh, my TV channel, and I forgot who's it. I think it's an AT&T system uh, for my cable. 
And I have a channel that I can put up, uh, I guess there's eight news things at the time, and it's mm -hmm. just a matter of going back and forth between yeah. between them and change, so you hear the voice from it. And right. And you can make you can make it full screen or leave it smaller size. Right. But you can stage. select whichever one has focus and that's the audio that you hear. Right. I have that as well that's, because right. uh, I think it's that's a direct TV thing that I think AT&T has now put into their AT&T uh, um, That's that's right. And and I think they also well. I think they already have that in sports as well. They do. I just haven't, I just haven't uh, set that channel up on my yeah. uh, favorites yet. Yeah. They call it the the news mix and the sports mix. Right. And, uh, and yeah, I get that. And I, I actually have that as one of my favorites, too, so you can go and look at it. And it's interesting, too, because if there's something going on, like, say, there's a hurricane or something like that, then the news mix will add in, like, the Weather Channel and other stuff that aren't normally in there, but they're the ones talking about whatever is that hot topic, right? Right. Yeah. And so, what is, you know, the channels that are included in the news mix aren't always the same channels, depending on what the topic is that's going on. And the same thing with the, the sports mix. It's actually an interesting way to watch television, you know, because you can kind of it is. Um, now it make, it makes zero it in on what's interesting to you. It, it drives someone else crazy if they don't have the controller in your hand and you're sitting there and you're looking through this thing and then suddenly you zap it and change channel on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it's, a great, it's a great way for one person to watch TV. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not exactly perfect for groups, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Generally, my wife dominates the controls on that, and we watch straight through on yeah. stop full screen and no no options, you know. Yeah. But I, once I discovered that the other day, I was playing with it for quite a while, at least on the news stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said, uh, after last night's uh, TV watching, I'm going to look for the, look up the sports channel because I'm sure it's there. But yeah. Any, I, anyway. I, uh... In our house, uh, at our main television set, my wife, when she's home, pretty much dominates the remote and what's on, and and she watches a whole bunch of like Hallmark and uh, and and HD TV shows, and I don't get too interested in that. So, if I'm sitting there, I'm usually reading something else, and every once in a while, I'll watch you know whatever she's watching, but usually I don't enjoy that. So I end up going you know to my office or to the bedroom to watch TV. If that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. You know, and if it's if it's a, if it's one of my sports teams, so if it's Lakers or uh, or the Packers, the teams that I want to watch, then then I'll come out and say, you know, I'd like to watch on the big TV, and she's usually fine yeah. Well, with that. well, well, I have I have an AT and T app on my iPad, so I can sit there right beside her and watch uh, my other channels. The only mm -hmm. downside is is that not every channel is available through that app. Right. I don't know why they filter it, but they do, and sometimes yeah. the stuff I want to watch isn't there, but yeah, uh, I have the same thing, and I've done that too. I've like had a like a sports game on that I wanted to keep track of, but I wasn't like I didn't need to see it on the big screen, you know. And she's in the middle of a movie or something, and so I'll put that on and I'll sit there and you know watch both of them back and forth, you know, just so I know what's going on with the 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 because usually for me it's a sports game that's you know that that I want to watch um, on the big screen. You know, other than that, it's like, or if we're watch, or if we decide we're going to watch a movie together, then then obviously we'd like to do that on the big screen with the good sound and the, yeah, the, you know, enjoy it that way. But yeah, yeah, the dynamics. It's like I, I was, I was the one who pushed for getting the big TV and having the living room set up with this big, you know, nice television set, and then I never get to watch what I want to on it. And I actually called yeah. her on that a while back, and she kind of went, "Yeah, you're right." So she's she's actually pretty good about like, you know, hey. It 
Exactly. You know, I was just thinking this morning, I was ooing and aahing the 65-inch 4K set. Yeah. It was such a good deal down there at the Columbia, Fort Jackson, actually. Is, yeah. Is the, <laughs> so you can watch HDTV in even more clarity. <laughs> that, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah. But but then I wouldn't get to choose the channels on her most of the time. So what we really should do is to have two even bigger iPads. I wouldn't mind having a 15-inch iPad or, or 17-inch, yeah. really. Uh, and, but don't make it any heavier if you, if you can avoid it, you know? Uh-oh. You're, you're bringing back the days of Johnny Ive. It's got to be light and thin. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll uh, give up functionality for light and thin. No, I, 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 <laughs> and you're like, have, no, I want it all. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's got to have battery because the, the screen takes a lot of charge. But I'm I'm thinking that they they could make an iPad that you just leave it plugged in all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind having a little thing around, the, you know. Yeah. And I and and if I do that with a battery one, it. it kind of messes up with the battery you know if you yeah too charged all the time although i see so, you know i i don't see apple doing that though you know and i think the huh. thing for keeping it charged in all the time i think that's a fallacy nowadays i think they've got software that controls when it is and isn't charging even if it's plugged in so you're not really damaging the battery but i just can't see apple saying yeah we're going to make this thing but you have to have it plugged in and have this wire running to the wall they're just not going to go there but but they're trading off the weight yeah you know and and these things, if you want to make them big, you know, and still work and nice display, then they they've got to have power. Yeah. And uh, there's there's nothing wrong with one little cord coming down to a, you know, someplace. I'll I'll take that anytime. Yeah. To get well, laptops work that bigger. way, right? Laptops work that way. You can yep. you you can run them battery battery wise, but you know that's the whole point of of the. Um, of the MagSafe connector on a laptop is that you can keep it plugged in while you're using it, and if somebody you know bumps the cord or something, it lets go, and that way it doesn't pull it off your table. Yeah, so. put the same kind of connector on the iPad if you want. I don't yeah. care. You know, I'm I I think, and this is just me, but I I still think that at some point, Apple is going to say, you know, the iPads Pro. Uh, what was that? It sounded like maracas. Um. Oh, the I, I made a noise? I heard a noise. I don't know if it came from you or somewhere in line, but I, it sounded like huh. maracas shaking. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the you know the iPads Pro, when they were announced recently, the most vers- recent version has the M1 chip in it, the same one as the, I, uh, the uh, Mac Air, MacBook Air, and the low-end MacBook Pro 13-inch. And I think that Apple, at some point, is going to and, and it, they certainly there's nothing stopping him at this point from saying that when your iPad is docked in one of the two um, uh, cases that gives you a keyboard, but even more specifically that one case that has a keyboard with a touchpad in front of it, uh, mm-hmm. then you then it you have there'll be an icon that pops up on your iPad and if you tap that icon it just flips over and becomes a Mac, so you can use it either way. It makes sense. Yeah. Why on earth wouldn't they do that? You know, it's like you can have the Mac interface when you have a keyboard and a touch uh, and a, a cursor control device, just like you do uh, on a Mac. Yep. And when you don't have those devices available, then it's an iPad exclusively. I expect that's why they put the M1 in there. They're just developing it now. Right. That's what I thought. In fact, I was in- incredibly disappointed that they didn't do that. Yeah. You know, that they, they didn't... Uh, 
go there. And because I was I was in the process of sort of downsizing from a 12.9 inch to an 11 inch iPad because I just felt like the 12.9 inch was too big and heavy to carry around. And I wanted the smaller one. And because they didn't do that, at least not yet, I decided that I would save a, a bundle of money and get the uh, iPad Air because it's twelve, you know, ten point nine. It's it's a tenth of an inch smaller than the eleven inch Pro, and as an iPad, it virtually does everything that the iPad Pro does that I need. There was no reason yeah. for me to, you know. But had they said that that new iPad was going to do, um, you know, be able to convert to being a Mac as well, then I would have said absolutely. That's worth every dime. I'm going to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, it's going to happen. Yeah. Just, you know, just and, a matter of when. And, and they've consistently said they're not going to merge the operating systems, but they've never said that they're not going to have a device that couldn't run both operating systems. That's correct. You know? Mer- mer- merging, I, I agree, is not a, necessarily a good idea. Right. Yeah. But, you know, if you've got your, your – uh, I mean, my iPad is in a case that – Folds open and has a full keyboard and a trackpad on it already for my for my uh, uh, iPad. You know the yeah. ability to then run Mac OS would be just really handy at certain times because there are certain times when that seems to work a little better. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, you know, the, just oh, go ahead. Uh, by the way, I I believe that I saw an Apple commercial for a. Uh, 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 Mac, uh, what's it? What's the big Mac? The desktop. What's it called? The Big Mac. It's two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. <laughs> Good lead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the i, I the, the big iMac. The, the, the what's right now? There's the 27 inch, but that one's still Intel only. Okay. Well, there there is a development iMac or something that has the iPod running right on the screen. Right. Um, the the 24-inch iMac and any of the M1, M1 Pro, or M1 Max devices can run iPod and iPad software directly. And that, okay. And that currently exists. Now, here's the gotcha. The developer of the iPad or iPod or, or iPhone software can block their software from being available to run on a Mac if they choose to. Oh, Apple okay. gives the So like if you're a developer, you can say I don't want my iPhone app to run on a Mac because I'm going to sell a Mac app or whatever. And I I think huh. I can give my users a better experience. But you don't even have to explain why. You can just block it if you want to. Ah, uh, okay. But if they don't block it, then you can run and, and clearly, you can run any of the Apple stuff. If, if there's a version of an Apple app that you prefer from iOS, you can run it on so uh, on those. So so the current 24-inch iMac could run any um, iPad or iPhone software that's available to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and can you drag and drop between them? Yeah, you're supposed to be able to. They've they've got that going. I can't remember which technology that was, but that yes. It's supposed to. It's not just a, a running in a sandbox. It, it is interactive between the other devices or other apps, rather. Yeah. So, so you know, we were talking earlier about one of the features of uh, iOS fifteen point two, which 
they did a second gold uh, master of that was released uh, Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Friday. So they're thinking that it's going to maybe be available for download tomorrow. One of the other features besides the the Apple Music Voice plan that's supposed to be in there is an upgrade to um, uh, the app that they've got on there called um, uh, oh shoot it's their um, app that trains you how to program um, Swift Playgrounds an upgrade to Swift Playgrounds and this is the one that's supposed to allow you to create an actual app and then upload it to the iOS store from your iPad now it's not a complete IDE like the um, uh, uh, Xcode that you have on the Mac but if you use uh, the um, uh, Swift I/O, which is an interface builder, and and you can write the code there that you can then basically compile and and upload an app directly from your iPad, which would be the first time that that's been available. And I'm actually really intrigued by that. I want to play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. So that's coming out. It, it's it's supposed to be in 15.2 um so we'll see that's the one that's supposed it's it's in gold master right now as of friday meaning that it's due for imminent release so we hope to see that uh probably this week um uh, and mm-hmm. they've got enhanced maps with for car play um the um the TV app on your on your device will uh, give you some additional functionality, and it combines some functionality to make things a little cleaner. Um, the um, uh, there's an adjustment to the functionality on uh, the camera use in iPad or in iPhone 13 and uh, Pro and Pro Max um, for doing using the ultra wide lens and doing macro photos. Some people were complaining early on that it would like jump back and forth between lenses. And so it made it hard for you to figure out which, you know, what you were actually capturing with the image when it was in mm-hmm. macro mode. And apparently that's been resolved. Um, the, the, remember we had talked about the digital legacy thing where you can designate somebody as a legacy contact that will be activated in 15.2 as well. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. should you pass away, you can, you can designate somebody to be the one who's given access to your stuff to save, you know, family pictures and things like that, that are on your devices. Um, mm-hmm. they saying that, I don't know what they mean by expanded guidance in Siri spotlight and Safari. Um, Oh, Guidance for for parents to manage their kids' access to keep them from unsafe situations. I think that also includes uh, the ability. The thing, one of the things that they had talked about previously, where as a parent, if you have a family plan, you'll be able to turn on notification um, uh, and and block your child from getting any texts or anything that show, you know, naked people in them. Um, and that's separate from them scanning your device. For child por- pornography, that was a separate issue that they were that they were talking about. But that was one of the things they talked about at that same time, and that's supposed to be there. And that one again is not automatic. It's it's only done for kids, and it's only done if that kid is part of a family plan, and the parent then goes in and activates it. So um, you know, if you're a sure. parent of young kids, you might want to go look at that uh, once it's available. But if if not, then it's probably a, a don't care so, for those people. Okay, so they've followed through with what they had rumored before except that they've restricted its usability to a very narrow 
set of cases. Well, not actually, because they, they when they announced before and everybody had the big blow up about Apple scanning photos and stuff, they actually had announced two or three things simultaneously, and everybody blew up and really didn't make a distinction between them. This was one of the things that they had talked about, and this is, and they're releasing exactly as as they had said they would, which was that it was opt in for parents of children in a family plan only. And that allow and, and all it does is it allows parents to turn on a function that then uh, if a kid receives a, a, uh, a picture that is inappropriate, it basically tells the kid, if you want to see this picture, your parents will be notified. If you don't want to see this picture, then just go on your merry way. Don't open it, you know, and and yeah. then and so it gives the child the choice. You know, and you would hope that the child would come and talk to their parents and they would look and see where this photo is coming from and why. And, you know, they just gives parents a tool. Um, and mm-hmm. and if a kid's afraid that, you know, if, if I get a photo and mom and dad, you know, would get mad at me and, and you know, hurt me because my parents are not good parents, the kid doesn't have to open the photo. And then the parents don't know anything. They're none the wiser. And mm. so and so it gives the kids an option as well because the kid never saw the photo because he didn't open it because he didn't want his parents notified. So, you know. Yeah. Now, that said, if there's a kid out there who's trying to get photos that he knows his parents would be upset with, he's just going to download, you know, um, one of a dozen other messaging apps and tell his friends, send it here. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that's not... You know, it's stopping them from using an Apple product, but it's not going to stop a kid. Yeah. Um, well, if, his, if he doesn't want his parents to be notified, then he, you know. Yeah, but he can, he can like I said, he doesn't have to use Apple Messages. He can switch to a different messaging app, and then Apple's not going to have right. anything to do with it. So, um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, you know, a 10-year-old's not going to do that maybe, but, but a 14-year-old certainly would. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah. it's a tool. It's a tool. You know, I mean, not, there's no substitute for just parenting your children. That's, that's the bottom yeah. line is just parent your children and talk to them and, and, you know, teach them. They will learn. So, yeah. And, 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 and in some articles today, parenting your children is like, don't send them off to class because you don't mm-hmm. know what the hell they're teaching them there. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's that whole issue that, that, that people are railing about right now too, you know? Yeah. It's like somehow our public servants forget that their job is a public servant, <laughs> not a public that, dictator, but a servant. Yeah. Did, 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 did you hear about that school board in Texas in Austin? I guess it was. Was that the one where the, the president <laughs> they, of the school act- board stood up and said, parents don't have any business telling us what to teach? I, no, I, I didn't read that about it. But basically there were seven people on the board and the uh, five of them were in, of like mind and very liberal. And uh, decided to get rid of the two conservative members of the board, and so uh, they did. They I, they didn't have any authority to do it, but somehow they uh, they voted out the guys yeah, who they, they disagreed with. Huh? That, that's right. It's not and, enough that we already have the majority. We also just don't want you here. That's right. They <laughs> should get along. And so it's yeah. a war going on in the darn boardroom anymore. And then they then they had a meeting, and the uh, even though the Texas has a general law about you can't close meetings, you know, to, to the public. Right. Well, they just, they just, then they didn't close the meeting. They just limited the number of chairs to 18 yeah. and the normal, normal meetings in that school were, were seldom below a hundred. 
Yeah, we only so, will, we're going to meet in this <laughs> closet over here, and there's only room for six of you. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just totally blatant. It's yeah, just, we're having this meeting, and it's perfectly it's like, open to the public. We're not going to tell you where it's at and, where, and when it's at, but there's this meeting. It's going to happen. We have yeah, announced you, it. <laughs> you, 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 you can just imagine a bunch of kids, that, you know, not getting along together because yeah. that's all it is. It's it's Lord of the Flies. The yeah. Lord of the Flies. The bully so wins. Anyway, yeah. I was re- reading about it and saying, well, this is getting totally out of hand, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. so here's in, something interesting. In, in iOS 15.2, the Find My app will be able to locate an iPhone for up to five hours when the phone is in power reserve mode. So even if the phone is basically like the battery is dead oh. to you and me, it always maintains just a little bit of a reserve to keep power coming. So that it, it and, and the and one of the functions it keeps alive is the yes here's where I am it pings Here to let I you am. know where yeah. it is so so if you lose your phone even if the battery is dying or or even appears dead to you it could be in reserve mode you may still be able to find your phone so and that's fifteen point two that's in fifteen point two yeah so it's you know they're saying let's you know reserve enough energy to continue to to ping to the world so that you can find your lost device i tell you what that find my app if you haven't done it and and we were talking about your uh airpods i think before the show started or maybe yeah. uh yeah you know you you bought a brand new pair of the uh airpods 3 and you've three. misplaced them or you can't find them right now and right. uh you're supposed to be able to use the find my app to find where they are and identify them and you're supposed to be able to actually make your airpods make noise of course you know you of hearing aid may not be able to hear the noise but but uh, my eagle-eared mother will probably hear it. You make them ding, and she'll go, what's that noise going, you know, that she hears something in the house. Um, right. Between the two of you, you might be able to find them. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've misplaced mine in the past, you know, and you'd think that when they're in the little case that that makes them big enough you wouldn't, but I still misplace them. The biggest, my biggest goof has been, since, I, since AirPods have existed, is to put them in the case and then leave the case in my pocket and put my pants in the hamper and then wash them. Oh, yeah, that'll r- wipe them out, huh? I've done that twice and one one set survived, once it survived and once it did not. Uh, <laughs> so, I had to replace a set of AirPods early on a couple of years ago when when I first got them. Uh, I say well, first got them. I probably had them for a few months. When you first get them, they're they're new and exciting and you, you know, follow them around and take care of them and Well, I I'm really strongly believe that they are in a pocket somewhere i believe they got lost in a pocket right but the question is i got a lot of pockets hanging in the closet you know <laughs> yeah well Going that's that's where if down, if you well and if you can if you can use the find my it'll tell you where if they're in the closet and or not you can figure out where they're at and you can make them make a noise you know and if you're quiet yeah. turn the tv off when it's quiet in the house you can probably hear it yeah yeah i'll have to do that as soon as i get done with this i I've got so many, too many things on the darn burner. I forget one thing, and then you know, if I don't do it mm-hmm. now, next week we'll be talking about it again, right? The busy, busy <laughs> life of a retiree. I've got too much to do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so um, it's funny how that works, but, though. You know, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in or what you're doing. You will always, I think, you know, there's just. I think there are certain people who it's just in their nature to make sure that they've got a full list of things to get done all the time. They're never done. Always That's have right. something to do because, you know, otherwise they get bored. 
And so and so they always just keep, you know, adding stuff to the list to get done. You know, that way they've always got stuff to do at any moment. And they some of it's not urgent. You don't have to do it right now. So if you don't feel like it, you don't have to do it. But it's still on the list. Got to take care of it. It'll get done. Well, your mother, she she says she can't sleep a lot of times at night. And mm-hmm. and I think it's she's thinking about all these different kinds of things, you know. She's got these yeah. lists of of things to do or yeah. check on or whatever. You know, if it's keeping you up though, that's not good. Not no. sleeping not sleeping well is one of the worst things you can do for your health. Uh, my feeling is is and this is it maybe a, a downfall. I'm actually pretty good about like if I get it on a list, then I forget about it. It's less oh. stressful. It's much less stressful to me. Now it's on the list and I know now I just have to work the list. Yeah. And so if something's bothering me sometimes at night, what I'll do is literally get up or, or wake up, grab my phone, and type it into my to-do list. And now yeah. that at least it, now it's documented. I won't forget it. I'll go back and do it. Now I can sleep. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it's comforting to know that something isn't lost. I mean, right. by having it on a list. Yeah, I mean, part of the anxiety is is not that it's not been done. It's that I'm going to forget something that I needed to get done. And right. so if I can take away that anxiety by just making sure I put it on the list so that I have something to refer back to, you know, yeah. then uh, uh, and I, I use an app. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I use an app called AnyList, and I like it because it's uh, it's uh, it syncs across multiple devices. I can create lists that I share. So, mm-hmm. like, I have a grocery list that I share with my wife. Either one of us can put anything we want on it, and, and it automatically updates on both devices. And if and if I buy something and cross it off the list, then it crosses off on her list, so she knows it's 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 been purchased. She doesn't have to get it. Yeah. Now, well, I I will say I use the list better than she does. She looks at the list, but she doesn't use the list. So right now we have two and a half dozen eggs in our fridge because I bought <laughs> eggs that it, I bought eggs that had been on the list for a week that nobody crossed off, but somebody bought. But you know. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. You know, like we have a family list, um, uh, uh, or each of our daughters have a list that's shared across the family. And it's like, you know, throughout the year, if you see something that's interesting, mark it in there. And we, that's the, hey, if you want to get somebody, somebody something for their birthday or for Christmas, there's this uh, list. Just refer uh, to the list. Yeah. By the way, I, I always have something to complain about Apple. And one of the things that I haven't publicly done, and I'll do it here on the podcast <laughs> so that uh, people will, uh, yeah. some people will know about it anyway. And that is, how many times do you get a notifier on your uh, phone and you say, gee, you know, delete that. Get, just get it off my screen. I don't mm-hmm. want to see it. And then you have to do the same thing on your iPad. And then if you go to your computer, it's there, too. Yeah, they're all independent. You got to be notified as many times as you have devices. Yeah, they do not. They do not correlate, coordinate uh, deletions mm-hmm. of notifiers from one device to another. And yeah, if there's any place that's needed, that's one of them because there's always way too many of them. Well, they should give the option: clear it here or clear it everywhere. Because there are some things that you want to be. Um, uh, dependent on situationally dependent, right? So, like yeah. certain things, I want to handle when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm and I've got my computer in front of me. Other right. things, you know, that I don't want to deal with on my phone or on my iPad. 
other things I want to deal with on my phone and my iPad, but I don't really want it popping up on my computer screen. And so, yeah, I understand why they're independently correctable, but you're right. There should be an option when you go to clear it saying, don't just clear it on this device, clear it everywhere. Well, they are dependent on whether you have the app on on each device, you know. Sure. But But if they're built-in apps that are doing it. Yeah. But but yeah, I know what you mean. I it's and there are certain things like that. I mean, I still get irritated with Apple too because they don't seem to understand how a family works. They have this family plan, and some stuff sort of works with the family, but some stuff doesn't work with the family very well. You know, like yeah. like photos, for instance. If you're in a family and you take photos, one person in your family has to sort of be the designated person who manages the list of family photos, because. It's kind of impossible, and, and even then, it's not, you know, their shared lists don't work that well. You go to share something, and somebody has to accept that it's been shared, and they have to go to photos to accept that it's been shared, and they don't always even know that it's been shared. And sometimes you have to share it to them multiple times before they can then pick it up. And then when they do say, okay, I'm picked it up, I, I'm now sharing it, they go to look at it, and it's an empty folder. And it then populates whenever Apple feels like over a period of time. And so they go to sleep. The next morning they wake up, they might have all the photos in there. It's, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to say, prioritize this. I want to see these photos right now. Start downloading them. <laughs> there's no way to do that. You know, it's like yeah. the, the syncing of photos is is something that's just, it's it's a mystery of the Apple black box. You don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. It just eventually does. Um, same thing if you have a new device, you know, as you're waiting for stuff to pop up. Um, but the whole family thing is just, they, they, they don't quite, like the uh, Apple AirTags. Okay, so I have an Apple AirTag. I put one on the keychain for each of our vehicles. Every time my wife drives a vehicle, she's reminded that there's an Apple AirTag following her that is not hers. <laughs> and it's like, well, dang it, she's in the same family. There's no way to tell the Apple ecosystem that this is a family AirTag that goes to a family vehicle. And so everybody in the family doesn't need to be told that they're being followed by some device that's tracking them because it's part of their family apple doesn't seem to understand what families are i have i have a book i'm reading it's it's actually on religion and it's it's a messy life but basically this is just a part of the messy life you're talking about all these complications of how to understand arrangements and relationships you know yeah I mean, it's like, you know, technology is supposed to make our life easier. And it's, uh, when I first put the AirTags on there, it's like she comes home from work one day and goes, my phone has this message. It says I'm being followed. What is that? You know? And I'm like, uh, it's the stupid keychain. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, what, I, I had forgot about the AirTags. But, mm-hmm. you know, in, earlier in our conversation today, we were talking about uh, things that you might want to uh, have uh, as a, a phone device, you know, right. it, it seems like you might want to be able to uh, use your AirTags uh, as, as a speaker or as a listening device. I too. think that would be dangerous. Well, <laughs> they don't I've they don't have a speaker or a microphone on them. They, they do beep. You can make them well, beep. Yeah, I, I know. But I was just thinking that. Uh, there may be useful applications for that. There, you know, just another yeah. one of those spying stories. on people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stick an air, drop an air tag in somebody's purse or in their car. Now well, you'll I know wherever so. they're driving and everything they say while you're there. Well, you know, that's what all yeah. anything that's a tag is virtually a spying device. 
one way or another. You just want to know where this device goes. And so you can stick it in somebody's pocket and follow them, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why it notifies people if it's, you know, if they've, if there's an air tag in the area that's been moving with them that's not theirs, they get notified. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, and that's that's by design. In fact, Apple even went through some pains to make sure that they do that for people who don't have Apple phones, Android users. If if somebody drops an AirTag, you know, on your person yeah. and it's following you, you'll get notified, too. Uh, Apple does not want that, um, you know, them used to for, for that kind of thing. But well, see, uh, I, I, what I thought is that they, they developed them for China, who loves those kind of things. And yeah. they said, well, shoot, shoot, maybe other people will like them, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know, I had used the tiles for a long time, and they, on a couple occasions, helped me find my keys that I had misplaced. And so that's why I got, when they first came out, I bought a package of four air tags, and I put one on each set of car keys and one in my bag that I take to swim practice. So if I lose my bag, I can find where I left it or remind me where it is, you know. Uh, Excuse me. Although I had never lost my bag, I had lost the the keys on several occasions. So I used three of the four air tags. The fourth one's still sitting in the package. And quite frankly, even though I've thought of a couple ways to use it, until they solve this problem with annoying the family because the tag is assigned to an individual instead of to the family, you know. And you should have the option. It should be, you know, hey, this is a family tag. This is a individual tag. But again, they just don't understand how families work. Apple seems, you know, it's like, doesn't anybody at Apple have a family? What's the deal here? Yeah. Are you all so wealthy that you all, you know, have, a, a, you know, cars that you never, does nobody else have a car that either person in the family can drive? We all drive our own vehicle, you know? I mean, do you, does nobody share a car in at Apple? I mean, it just, I don't understand this. It seems like such obvious things. And, and, and they just completely whiff on it. <laughs> just completely whiff on it so yeah. but, anyway uh, yeah so anyway according to the folks at pocket lint if you want to use your watch without a phone it's possible um there are a few drawbacks but apparently now apple does support that so if you're a uh, a non-apple phone user and you really want an apple a watch because let's face it the options are pretty slim when it comes to smartwatches, uh, besides the Apple Watch. Although, you know, there's a bunch of Fitbit users and Garmin watch users out there that would beg to differ. Um, it's uh, the Apple Watch is clearly the front runner in that area. Although, yeah. you know, if you are say, say runner, if you are a runner or hiker, uh, Garmin seems to be the dominant watch. Even if you're an Apple user, um, they they have uh, tools and functionality that Apple has not matched although from what i can see apple honestly matches most of that if you download the right app um because it's more flexible and has more of an app store but um you know that's an option but the, but the people that are out in the wild first you know kind of establish a market so yeah then you know that's the way that works and yeah, well, and G, you know, I mean, Garmin has a history of doing GPS stuff, and and right. uh, early on they had more accurate GPSs, and they were just, you know, and they make ruggedized versions of their watches, which Apple still doesn't do. And you know, if you're out hiking and you slip, you don't want you know the front of your watch coming off because it's not tough enough, you know. And the yeah. Apple Watch is very pretty, but it's certainly not a ruggedized watch by any stretch. Although I guess there are some cases you can put on your watches, but I've seen some of those that look pretty awful. 
I don't know. I, I sure bang this thing around. I'm surprised that it, it survives as well as it does. Yeah. I thought, I, I've hit it so hard, uh, especially where the stem is. You know, that's got to be a vulnerable piece. Right. But for whatever reason, I think I've made a few little dents in my door frame where that where that uh, stem <laughs> has made an impression. I've hit it so hard. Yeah, you you aim for the the uh, the opening in the door, and you kind of brush through. <laughs> I, I do that too. I bang into stuff all the time. Well, because of a, a bit of a balance issue, just with age yeah. and whatever, you know, yeah. I'm never really exact about things like I used to be. And so uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever was. So I, I've always been the guy who walks sort of halfway out the door and bounces off the door. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I do too. I don't even worry about it sometimes i'll bang off a wall just intentionally you know it's yeah that's why they have walls there they keep me upright right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so guidance guidance exactly there. it's like if you know if, if i didn't need walls i'd live out in the woods man come on those walls are there to keep me moving <laughs> they're like bumpers walls bumpers yeah. kind of the same thing yeah. Why do you have halls anyway, right? It's to get you somewhere. That's right. Go down this hall. Yeah. That's right. Without falling <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, you're right. They are tougher than you think. And, in fact, that's one of the things that I read about part of the redesign for the Apple 7 with that different, um, uh, you know, lens on the front of it. And, and is it's thicker glass and it's tougher. And, uh, yeah. And I actually was impressed with the previous watches. That I thought they were pretty tough because I I bang mine around. In fact, I have on more than one occasion looked down and thought I had like cracked it or scratched it. And I just rub it, and I I got you know a paint mark or whatever on it or a scrape mark. But you just rub it, and it goes away. So yeah. Uh, since you don't have the Watch Seven with this uh, special face on it, because it only mm-hmm. works on the Seven, right? Uh, you when I, when I first mentioned it to you, you were online and telling me how you could. Um, scroll or something and make the, the face move well it turns out that right after that i discovered that is all i have to do is move my little uh uh, uh stem thing you know the rotates mm-hmm. and i can i can get that very same motion you know to move the letters smaller and so as they go around the, the face right and so i'm mm-hmm. sure that's what you were looking at but i yeah I, that's I, what i was never... referring to and right. I had never told, told you that it was already right. available on the watch itself. I just Well, that's what know. I thought I was referring to as I was reading off an article because I haven't seen it. I thought it was you just turned the stem and it would do that. But Oh, oh, I see. I thought you were experiencing it on a screen somewhere. That somebody oh, well, on the, on the Apple site, if you go to the Apple site, they have a sort of animated page when you look at the watch. Yeah, that, and they're doing that for you. That, that, okay. Yeah, that, so you can see what it looks like if you don't have a watch and you haven't gone to a store. Um, but... You know, you have to. I, it's still not the same as experiencing it on your wrist. It's just, you know, right? Just, yeah. But you can at least anyway. see what it looks like because it does look pretty cool. Although, the, quite the, honestly, I think I would get tired of that face to me because I, 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 we talked about this the other day. I like the face that has a lot of complications and lots of information on it. I like uh, to look at my watch. Now, there's times when you feel like you want to be more elegant, and that's a more elegant face because it's it's minimalist. Yeah. But but. Um, but most of the time, day to day, I have a watch face crammed with information on it, which yeah. admittedly is not particularly attractive, but it's hugely informational. And, you know, with the always on faces, you can just glance down and see lots of stuff. So I like that. The other thing I was going to tell you about is that those uh, letter or numbers around the edge, the large one 
uh, it doesn't get large until you actually got to that let's let's say 12 when you get to noon right just before noon it's the not big yet it's still 11 is the it's biggest 11 one. something so the well, that way you know it's 11 50 whatever that's right so you, you don't get the the big number tells you the first part if you were having a digital presentation then you can get the you know uh-huh. the rest of the hour with the uh, with the hand yeah so anyway and that was the right way to do that yeah yeah it makes sense you know on on the analog presentations the ones that have the 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 watch faces that have a you know hands and numbers around the perimeter um, yeah i wish that they had one that was a 24-hour watch there's a company and there's kind of a, a thing about they call them uh slow slow movement watches and uh, and very often they have uh, a minute and an hour hand, but they don't have a second hand. And some of them, they don't even have a minute hand. It's just an hour hand. And it literally takes 24 hours to go around the entire dial. And it's sort of like, you know, do you really need to know that it's 11, 16, and 28 seconds? Well, sometimes you do. But for a lot of your life, knowing that it's yeah, roughly sort of half past this hour or almost to the next hour is good enough. And that yeah. maybe maybe it's better psychologically for you to just slow down and 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 go with you know sort of times as opposed to exact times. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, my watch now when when that face goes away, you don't see the numbers anymore. You, right. You only see you only see the hour and the minute hand, but not the second hand. The second hand disappears with it. That's been true of all of the um, uh, watches that have had the always on face. When it goes to the the low power version of the face. It yeah. drops a lot of detail, you know, and yeah. that that I, I think that's intentional because they don't have to update the screen as much. They only have to update it once every minute, right? Right. Instead of, uh, and, and and the watch is is interesting too because it's one of the fir- it was one of the first things. In fact, we talked about we started to talk about this before we started. And I would like to go into it a little bit. Apple does an amazingly good job at previewing a technology in one device that is ultimately going to be used in another device. Like the mm-hmm. current, the new Apple uh, uh, phones, the iPhones, now do something that the watch has done for quite a while, and that is it has variable refresh rates. So it can go down to 1 hertz versus a, a 60 hertz screen, which is typically what you see with most screens, or even a 30 hertz screen. Right, and that's how many times per second does it update the screen? Because in order to give us this nice sense of animation with a watch hand going around and stuff, it's updating the screen multiple times a second. But to save energy, when it goes into the low power mode, it drops down the refresh rate because it says I don't have to update it because nothing's changing. You know, right. so we take away the things that change, like the second hand, and they're now doing that on the on the phone as well, and that's part of how they save energy. You know. Mm-hmm. And yep. those, this whole thing with, uh, it, you know, creating uh, an AR kit in their development and using uh, uh, AR on their augmented reality being AR on the iPad and the iPhone is all just getting the technology right for then a device that's going to come later, which would be like the goggles or the glasses, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people talk about the, um, you know, the, their car uh, plans. A whole bunch of that has to do with really accurate mapping. And have you noticed that they continually over the years, even in this newest version of 15.2, there's always an enhancement to mapping. They keep making all these little enhancements to mapping. You're like, why are they doing that? The maps pretty much tell me how to get where I need to, to go already. I don't care. 
it's because they're developing technology and using technology and using data they get from this new technology as we use it to make it better and better because they're going to use that in another product later. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you had found an article that was Apple sort of talking about, um, you know, it's like they've already um, uh, proved, you know, it was, it was called three features that prove Apple's headset is hiding right in front of our eyes. And I think that I, without even reading the article, I think they're talking about what I'm talking about, which is a bunch of the technology that's going to go into that device is already in other devices in different yep. ways. And they're testing it. And every time you and I use it, they gather a little bit more information about how that technology works and how people want to use it. And that well, then tells them what that next product needs to be and how it should also, work. Also, when you first set up a device, usually they'll have a question in there somewhere is, will you enable us to utilize certain pieces of data uh, for yeah. development purposes? Yeah. And, and oftentimes I read those things and I say, well, that didn't hurt me or give away anything that bothers yeah. me. I, I, well, I think that's a good idea, so I'll enable it. Yeah. You know? In fact, so, they'll not only ask if they can do it for themselves, they'll ask if you'll send data back to other developers. And yeah. it's and, and if you read it, it says non-personalized data. So what they right. do is they take data about a person was at this location and did this with this device at this time. But they don't know who it was and where it was. and exact, you know, they, they don't even tell you exactly where it was sometime. But that, they yeah. give you that kind of information so that then they and developers can say, ah, this is how people are actually using my stuff. Now how do I enhance it to do that better? Because that's what they want. Right. Yep. You know? Yeah, and I think that, you know, we as users should allow the developers and Apple to, to gather that kind of information as long as it's, as they said, and they, they go to great lengths, I think, much more so than just about any other company, to make sure that that is non-personalized data. It's data that, you know, doesn't say anything about who you are, um, but it might say things, you know, demographically. In our case, it could say, you know, uh, uh men over the age of of 50 uh who 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 was doing this did this thing with this device that is you know uh, more often than not you know or you know men who are under the age of 20 do this you know or women under the age of 20 do this and so they try to you know get an idea of who is you you know what demographic is using their devices and how so that they can yep. make them better and it's like yeah that's what i want i want stuff to be better I wish they would look at, like, a person who has a family uses their device this way or would like to use their device this way, but we don't know what families are, so they're not allowed to. That's what I want them to. <laughs> that, that's right, but but they, sh they should know what families are because you have a thing, checks, where you actually enable family capabilities. I know. I pay extra to have the stupid family plan for stuff, and I've got my family identified as a group, as a family, as an entity. In their system. Yeah. How come yeah. they don't use that information to treat us like a family for things like the stupid air pad or tags is still just yeah. ugh, gets under my skin. Well, you know, uh, the fact is, is that even at different Wi-Fi devices, you know, you're still part of my family, even though you live in California and you're married and you have kids yeah. and they're all my family, you know? Yeah. So there are extended families that, that could uh, feasibly... Uh, have a greater sharing of things like photos. Yeah. You know, especially photos, I would say, you know, yep. that, that could be enabled so that I don't, somebody that, nope, I'm not going to ever call or ask you, can you have these photos? But if I went on a trip or 
somewhere. Uh, I mean, I can share them, but I've got to go to special trouble to do that. I'd rather right. just set up some. I'm off if you want to. You know, that sh should be your prerogative. Yeah. But, you know, there's things yeah. you like to show family sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure that the Apple answer would be, well, just create a shared folder or album and then share the album. But that album sharing function is very kludgy. It doesn't work very well. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's and, and each time you try to share an album, you have to identify the people that are in there. You should be able to say, you know, my my nuclear family, my extended family, and they always get to see stuff here, you know, or there. Um, right. You know, it's just it's. You know, there should be a shared basket for for family photos that that when you is automatically created when you create a family that that, you know, you can tag stuff to go in there just like you put it in your favorites. You can just tag it, click on it and goes, yep, that's that's a family photo. Uh, right. You know, I mean, yes, my family doesn't need to have pictures of the things that I took that I then zoomed in on so I could read them because I didn't have my reading glasses. You know? But but see, <laughs> See, right. the other thing that they do have in everybody's photos album is the ability to identify persons. And I have yeah. you and just about all of our family members, I think, and identified in my photos. And, and yeah. is all I should be able to have to do is share those with the, the, any of those people who are identified in that. You know? Yeah, yeah. They do that in several places, too, you know, in your uh, contacts you can go in and de de define relationships between people. So you can say, this person in my contacts is a parent. This person is a spouse. This person is a child. So they have that yep. information all over the place. Um, they just yep. don't seem to use it at all. It's really annoying. Really yeah. annoying. So yeah. anyway, uh, they're always trying to do something new and different. But here we're, mm. we're telling them some stuff that they're just not acting on for whatever reason. Yeah. The whole, you know, what is a family and how how should this technology interact with a family as an entity? They just don't seem to get it all. Um, you know, they, they, they set up all this stuff to sort of help you define what a family is, but then they don't provide any actual services to that unit. Um, yeah. Everything is still based on an individual, which is, you know, it's annoying. They need to, to really think through that and i'm there you know we're, we're coming up with a multiple things right here just talking about it there i think if, if somebody sat down and gave it some thought they could actually do some pretty amazing things in that area i yeah. want to switch gears a little bit we talked about your lost airpods 3 um something that maybe people mm -hmm. haven't considered is that uh in addition to airpods apple also makes products through their brand that they purchased called beats and did you know they just released some new beats fit pro now they're 199 bucks, which is $20 more than the AirPod 3, and they're $50 less. And this is list price because the street price is different, but they're $50 less than AirPods Pro, and they provide active noise canceling like AirPods Pro. They have uh, little like wingtips that fit into the curve of your ear so that they fit in your, they stay in your ear better. They add six hours of listening, which is the same as the AirPods 3 and better than the AirPods Pro. They have the Apple H1 chip for connectivity, and uh, and they come with a little pillbox case that keeps them charged, and they're 199. But even better, they have the Beats Studio Buds, which also have active noise canceling, eight hours of battery listening time, and they're 119 bucks. Ah, wow! And they're anyway. Uh, Apple while product. We were just 
while we were just here, I uh, sit, uh, sitting here listening to you and talking about this. I brought up my find find my and and I've my uh, my other AirPods, the non-pro variety, are somewhere mm-hmm. in my house. I just haven't walked around yet. Yeah. So your AirPod three. Them, you know? So so like you use the find my. Anyway, the, the point I was making with the Beats, and by the way, I just went to BeatsByDre.com. I went to their website to look at these things, is you know, yeah. people who buy Apple stuff say, oh, I want to buy Apple stuff. Well, this is Apple stuff. It's just branded as Beats. Um, quite honestly, next time I go to buy some AirPods or AirBuds or something, I may look at the, the, the Beats products because they seem to have some of the same features with better battery life and less cost. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and and colors other than white. <laughs> you can buy the yeah. um the uh Beats Fit Pro in like a um uh a purpley color. In addition, really? yeah, they've got uh they're in black, white, sage gray or stone purple. Oh, sage gray sounds good to me. I like gray. Yeah, I do too, but it's just, you know, hey, imagine that. Options. Everything doesn't have to be white plastic. Or or aluminum, you know. It seems yeah. like that at, at Apple, you either get aluminum or white plastic. Those are your options. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Or chrome, or not chrome, but whatever they call that, uh, aluminum or. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. It's either br- aluminum, brushed aluminum. Now they do now, like if you're buying a uh, an iPad uh, Air or a uh, the desktop iMac. You can get your brushed aluminum in like orange and pink and purple and green, and so you can get some colors. Yeah, finally. But uh, it's funny in the world of Apple, if anything is designated pro, you pretty much get it in black, white, or aluminum. <laughs> Those are your options. If it's not pro, yeah. then we might do some interesting colors. But if it's pro, black, white, or aluminum—that's all you get. Pros are that's boring. It. Pros are boring. All business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so. but I'm glad that the um, the find my worked for you. You know, that's why I was saying you should just do that. Do the find my and see yeah. what see where they're at. Any, anyway, all I got to do is uh, get up and tell mom to tell me where the sound's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play sound. Like I need the good ears now. So yeah. please help me find this. You know, I think um, it's about adjournment time, isn't it? Is it? Well, we're getting there. I was just curious too. your um, your. I don't think Apple has put in any of their AirPods or in any of their Beats products a um, the they have the H1 chip which lets it automatically sync up with Apple devices uh, and and connect to them easily, but they don't have the U1 chip, which is the one that it gives you the really specific location finding, right? So uh, you'll be able to find it, but if if you if you try to find a device that has the U1 chip, like the um, like an air, um, uh, uh, what is it? The little tracker devices or whatever. Trackers, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but- it will not only tell you where it is in the house, but it'll tell you which direction to walk and how many yards or how many feet away from it you are as you get closer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a good good yeah. measurement tool. It's very very specific, and I. Well, it's a I, high frequency. That's the thing uh, that you know. Talk about Apple not understanding how people work. Why on earth, when they came out with the new remote for the Apple TV, did they not put that chip in there? Do they not know that the one thing that people look for in their life more than anything else is the stupid remote? <laughs> Holy moly. Well, The remote needs well, to be able to be found and ping and make noise. <laughs> ex- 
except that I know that I can pull up a remote on any of my devices. So the one I use most is on my iPad. It's yeah. my remote thing on the yeah on the well, gadget column. Yeah, and I and I use yeah in the control panel, and I do that off my phone a lot too. If I don't want to get up and go get the Siri remote, but the remote the Siri remote works better than the than the the virtual remote in many ways. Um, you know, you can um, uh, especially the new one if you use the little jog shuttle function on it. And uh, and so I like the new remote, but doggone it, just like every remote in the world. And, and of course, Apple makes their remotes, you know, small and thin, so they're designed to fit down between cushions really, really well, uh, which means they, right. they, disap- <laughs> they disappear well by design. Thank you very much, Apple. Um, you know, you, they, they should know, well, put a little gyro in there, so they'll know their sucker is on its side. Now, that's not the way it's going to lay if it's on a sur- flat yeah, surface. Yeah, if it's know? on a table, exactly. And so st- start beeping, start beeping. Yeah. Say, yeah. help bing, me, I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. You may not know it yet, but it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. before it works its way well down past the cushions and into the chair, right? Because that'll happen. Right. I guarantee it will happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you well, know. in my case, it falls on the floor. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, exactly. It goes all the way through, and now it's down on the floor underneath the, the furniture. You know, it's it's right. funny because, you know, it's not hard for us to pick out some of these things. And Apple does some, make some great products. We both like their products. They do a lot of things really well. But there's some simple stuff. And it's like, come on, guys. Can't you figure that out? You know? Yeah. More than one person is involved with an AirTag in a family. Quit telling my wife she's being followed. You're making her paranoid. Um, you know? Uh, yeah. It, it's the keychain. Just... Let me identify it as a family keychain. Um, you know, ah. I think part of the paranoia there is Apple's worried that you'll like then, you know, f- track your family and they won't know. So we got to let those individuals know that they're being tracked. It's like, yeah. Uh, okay. What's interesting is I expanded this map. Thing, yeah. And so where I'm sitting, uh, it. Uh, it shows that I've got my hearing aids on because I, I guess it tracks them too. Yeah. But it's got the the blue dot. I, my little symbol covers that up. And I can see where all the devices are relative to each other. Mm-hmm. In, including the ones that I'm, the one that I'm looking at now, that one is, is exploded with a little pointer right to it. So I kind of, if I could, I'll, I'll bet I can walk around and go right to it. I bet you can. Do that. Yeah, let's do yeah. it real real time. That'll real be cool. Time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I'm inch, inching in the right direction here. Hey, I'm going, I'm going there. Except you're walking away from your microphone. Now I can't hear you. You didn't take it with you. I can, I can hear you off in the distance. I'm coming. I got it back now. Okay. Anyway, I've walked about... Uh, uh, 10, 15, 20 feet here, and it says that my my ear pods are probably right under. Right, oops, I went a little too far. Are they under your seat? No, they're they're back this way. I went too far. How can they be back this way? Well, again, that doesn't have the U1 chip, so it may only be accurate within a, a certain number of feet. So. Have her mute the television set and then uh, have them make some noise. You can you can ping them from the app. Yeah. Well, right now it seems it thinks it's right by the 
Watch. Oh, my watch. <laughs> That's weird. That's on my arm. Anyway, it, I'm closer to it than I was in the other room. But uh, at the same time... If you're within two or three feet of it, it, it it's not accurate because that device doesn't have the U1 chip. So it's probably underneath... Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Mute the television set for a second. Yes, I hear it louder than I hear you. Oh, okay. Let me sit, stick this in my pocket so the thing works like a microphone hanging okay. on my neck. Yeah, now I hear you and better. Now I will play this. Now I'm going to play the sound. But did you mute well, the television set? If you don't mute the television set, you won't hear it. Oh, that's why the television set, honey. Okay, now I'll say now. play sound. Connecting. Can you? It's not playing yet. Still trying to connect. Sound pending. We'll play when connected. This may take up to a minute. Huh. Well. So, and like I said, because that device doesn't have a U1 chip in it, it's not accurate. Uh. So, you know, if you get within a meter or two of it, it's somewhere in that area. Huh. So, so anyway, I would say, I would say if you're near like your, your uh, couch or something, start feeling down in the cushions. It's probably there. Yeah. It might be in the cushions here. I bet it's in there. So that's where I originally thought it was supposed to be, but it's not in the arm. So are you sure it didn't work its way to the bottom? Anyway, it's in the neighborhood. I was hoping to, to, to get success, you know, on the show live. Found it. Find my worked. <laughs> but the find my well, is not worked yet. I turned it off, Todd, and I'm going to have to, to take time out here. So, so all right. Well, why don't we just wrap the show up then? Thanks for joining us today. Um, please check out our other shows on the Shack Outback Network. We have Two for Brew and Two Minute Tech, uh, as we've said many a time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.